0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Sergei Shoigu, Russia's defense minister, said the, quote, partial mobilization of 300,000 reservists was complete, with 82,000 already sent to Ukraine. The mobilization, which Russia introduced in September, has drawn stinging criticism. On Friday, Maxim Ivanov, a member of parliament, said it was, quote, unacceptable that conscripts were being deployed without proper training. Hundreds of thousands of Russian men have fled the country in the past month to avoid being drafted. America's three largest stock market indices ended the week higher. The Nasdaq composite gained 2.9% on Friday, buoyed by Apple's strong earnings a bright spot among disappointing results from the tech giants. Separately, the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure rose in line with expectations in September. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Index rose by 0.5% from August and by 5.1% from a year ago, excluding food and energy. A hammer-wielding intruder assaulted the husband of Nancy Pelosi the top-ranking Democrat in America's House of Representatives, at his San Francisco home. The suspect, who demanded, quote, where is Nancy, was charged with attempted murder. The attack comes days before the midterm elections and amid a grim spike in threats against lawmakers. Ms. Pelosi's 82-year-old husband, Paul, is recovering from his injuries in hospital. Tropical storm, Nolgay, killed dozens in the southern Philippines as flush floods and landslides surprise residents overnight. At least 72 are believed dead, with many still missing. The storm, the 16th this year to hit the string of islands, is expected to batter the country's eastern coast this weekend. Around 5,000 people have been evacuated from flood-prone areas. Germany's economy unexpectedly grew by 0.3% in the third quarter of the year, despite high energy prices and rising interest rates dampening growth across Europe. France and Spain slowed to 0.2% growth in the same period. In less welcome news from Germany, consumer prices increased by 11.6% in October from last year, a steeper gain than anticipated. Elon Musk completed his on-off-on takeover of Twitter, closing the deal at $44 billion and swiftly sacking the social media platform's CEO, Parang Agrawal. The world's richest man is reportedly planning to play the role of CEO himself, as he does already at Tesla and SpaceX, and to lift lifetime bans for some users. Apparently, no such decisions will be made until a so-called content moderation council convenes. ExxonMobil reported a record profit of $19.7 billion, up by a tenth from the previous quarter and nearly triple its haul during the same period last year. Chevron had its second-best quarter ever, reporting a profit of $11.2 billion. America's two largest oil majors are benefiting from high energy prices. Both saw record or near-record output from the Permian Basin in Texas. And word of the week, ikigai, loosely reason for being in Japanese. It has become a self-help trend in the West to the bemusement of the Japanese.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A concerning countdown to COP27. Next month, countries gather for the United Nations Climate Summit in Egypt. In preparation this week, several reports assessed their progress in tackling climate change. The conclusions are grim. The UN Environment Program found that countries' climate commitments barely made a dent in the 17 billion to 20 billion tons that must be cut from annual emissions by 2030 for any hope of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial temperatures, the primary goal of the Paris Agreement. Even if every national climate goal for 2030 were met, models predict temperatures will rise by 2.4 degrees Celsius by 2100. Existing climate policies, not just promises, equal 2.8 degrees Celsius. A report from Systems Change Lab, a collection of environmental groups and think tanks, found that of 40 actions needed to meet 2030 targets, such as changing energy systems and land use, none are on track. There was one bright spot. A report from the International Energy Agency found that war in Ukraine has hastened the world's transition to renewable energy. Barack Obama rallies Democrats America's former president hits the campaign trail this weekend. Barack Obama will appear at a rally in Detroit alongside Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, who is seeking re-election in the midterms in November. In Milwaukee, he will stump with Tony Evers, Wisconsin's Democratic governor, and Mandela Barnes, the party's nominee for the Senate. On Friday, he appeared in Georgia with Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock, candidates for governor and the Senate, respectively. Mr. Obama's hectic campaigning spree is rare. In recent years, he has devoted himself less to politics and more to pursuits like making a nature documentary for Netflix. His activity contrasts with that of President Joe Biden, who has not appeared at a campaign rally in months, though he has done more low-key events. Mr. Biden evidently fears that his unpopularity, 53% of voters disapprove of him, might put off undecided voters. Mr. Obama's appearance, by contrast, might help boost turnout, particularly among black voters. Mexicans Celebrate Day of the Dead On Saturday, Mexicans will begin celebrating Dia de los Muertos, the lively festival of ancestors that runs over several days. Mexico City will host a huge parade of costumed people and papier-mâché figures. Crowds will flock to the ofrenda, or altar, in the Zócalo, the capital's central square, a larger version of the personal ones they set up at home. Graveyards will become rammed and rambunctious. Day of the Dead is rooted in pre-Hispanic cultures. People place food, sugar skulls, and marigolds on altars and graves, which they believe will help speed their loved one's journey to their final resting place. Outside Mexico, the event's popularity is relatively recent and is due in part to having been featured in Spectre, a James Bond installment, and Coco, an animated Disney film. Mexico is a country with far too much experience of death, but this festival is anything but morbid. The Horrors of the First World War on Film On Friday, Netflix released All Quiet on the Western Front, a film based on the novel by Erich Maria Remarque that was published in 1929. It is the first German adaption of the anti-war classic, which is more topical than ever at a time when conflict is again raging in Europe. The story recounts how, in the spring of 1917, a 17-year-old German soldier, Paul Bäumer, lies about his age to join the war. He and his friends dream about conquering Paris and celebrating victory. Then the brutal reality sets in. When they arrive at the Western Front, they witness dehumanizing carnage in muddy trenches. Their enthusiasm turns to abject horror and fear. The well-reviewed film, which is also showing in German cinemas, is Germany's submission for next year's Academy Award for Best International Feature Film. Weekend Profile Li Qiang, China's probable next prime minister It is now all but certain who China's next prime minister will be. On October 23rd, when Xi Jinping walked onto a podium in Beijing's Great Hall of the People with members of his reshuffled leadership team, the man directly behind him was Li Qiang, the Communist Party chief of Shanghai. That meant the 63-year-old Mr. Li, whose promotion prospects many analysts had written off just a few months ago, had become China's highest-ranking politician after Mr. Xi. He is expected to take over from Li Keqiang, no relation, the 76-year-old current prime minister, when the legislature meets next March. The younger Mr. Li is a remarkable choice. Earlier this year, he was widely blamed by Shanghai's residents for the chaotic and harsh management of a weeks-long lockdown of the city, aimed at crushing an outbreak of COVID-19. Even without the lockdown fiasco, he would have been an unlikely candidate for the prime ministership. The post is normally given to people who have served as a deputy prime minister. Li Qiang has never held a central government portfolio. But it is clear why Mr. Xi likes him. In the 2000s, when Mr. Xi was the party boss of the coastal province of Zhejiang, Li Qiang was his chief of staff. Enforcing strict lockdown measures in Shanghai may have further endeared him to China's leader, who has just secured a norm-breaking third term as the party's general secretary and commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Mr. Xi has been a keen advocate of a zero-COVID approach to crushing the virus. Mr. Li is liked by many businessmen, but foreign investors were spooked by the reshuffle and dumped Chinese shares. They worried that Mr. Xi had surrounded himself with yes-men who would do little to curb the president's dirigist instincts. In truth, Mr. Xi's power has long been subject to little restraint from colleagues. The promotion of Mr. Li and other loyalists may not do much more to embolden him. This week's quiz winners. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Tetsuyuki Maruyama, Ito, Japan. North America, William Gibson, Weston, Connecticut, America. Central and South America, Alvaro Tomas, Panama City, Panama. Europe, Borislav Stefanov, Sofia, Bulgaria. Africa, Killian Christ, Nairobi, Kenya. Oceana, Rob Walton, Wainui, New Zealand. They all gave the correct answers of the Chronicles of Narnia, Isaiah Berlin, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Esther Williams, and Billy Joel. The theme is Books of the Bible. Chronicles, Isaiah, Ruth, Esther, and Joel. Check back on Monday for the beginning of next week's edition and your chance to win. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jonas Salk. The reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.